Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Hacker Factory. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, The Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a unique guest sharing their story and advice on getting started in the cybersecurity industry. And today I'm really excited to introduce my friend, Peter. We met at a security conference years ago and we recently saw each other again for the first time in probably almost two years at Texas Cyber Summit. And he was sharing his story with me there and I thought, man, this would be a great story for my listeners. So welcome to the show, Peter. Hey, uh, Philip, thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, that's great to have you. It's always it's always great to see people succeed. I mean, this is a, an industry that with a lot of opportunity, but it's not always real easy to get into. And, you know, and when people share stories of how they get in, that kind of gives other people hope. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners and kind of tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, yeah, so my name is uh, Peter Lachkoff, and you see the middle initial there is R, so that's Rumanoff. So uh, Peter Rumanoff Lachkoff, and uh, uh, I've uh, I was born in Bulgaria, and I lived in Bulgaria for about twelve years, I want to say, and I moved to Texas from Bulgaria in two thousand and two, and I've been here for eighteen years. Um, I didn't know any English when I first moved here. And um, I've always been kind of on the computer ever since I was a little kid using dial-up and uh, it, always been fascinated with uh, technology things, always like taking apart old telephones and put them together. And, uh, and uh, so in that aspect, I've always kind of uh, enjoyed technology. Um, and, uh, and right now I work as a uh, threat intelligence analyst for a startup out of uh, out of California, it's called Inspective, and it's a uh, bug um, uh, uh, bug bounty platform that mm-hmm. uh, we're growing, and it's uh, it's an amazing opportunity, and uh, I'm 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 very grateful to be able to to be here and uh, to share a little bit about how I've gotten to where I am today. Oh, very cool. So you know, you kind of started. Said you hey, had an interest as as you know, younger in computers and how things work. So, uh, so when you got started in the industry, did you go to school for uh, for cybersecurity or anything like that, or so how did you? Yeah. Get so yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I should have uh, clarified that a little bit. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I um, I was on a um, I guess you could say. Um, still party mode, maybe uh, 
yeah, I want to say five years ago, six years ago, right? Um, and I, I got this idea to, you know, stop partying and just, you know, and, and, and try to do something with my life. And uh, I ended up uh, going to San Antonio College and I joined the program there as a community college. And I ended up getting my associate's degree from there in information assurance and cybersecurity. The most amazing thing that I ever did because I met some of the most amazing people ever there in college. I got immersed. And at the end of my, uh, my two years there, I did a, a internship with the CIS department. And that helped me tremendously to have a little bit of experience so I can end up, you know, uh, getting this role today. So after the two years of community college, I ended up going to, and I did a, a bachelor's degree from Texas A&M San Antonio. I did a bachelor's degree in the same field and ended up getting that. And uh, I can say for sure, uh, it's been very, very beneficial. I ended up getting a number of certifications along the way and, and I ended up uh, attending conferences. So I found out about Texas Cyber Summit from somebody at San Antonio College that told me about it. Um, and I met the organizer, Joseph, and then I ended up, you know, going to these amazing conferences where I, I've met so many inspirational pe people that started from nothing and ended up, uh, you know, so, so successful and are so willing to help other people. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and one of the things I really love about San Antonio, this seems like there's a lot of opportunity for cybersecurity there, a lot of good resources and, and people to connect with. So that's, that's really pretty cool. And I really wasn't that familiar with that until I went to like the first Texas, well, the first Texas Cyber Summit I attended was in 2018. So I really wasn't aware of the the cybersecurity scene there, but it really makes sense. I guess you have like an Air Force base there. And so there's a lot of that influence there as well as some great education resources. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of military in San Antonio. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, cybersecurity, uh, especially is like it's just growing, growing, growing in San Antonio, especially. Yeah, that's very cool. And so threat intelligence, that's a pretty good up and coming area. One of the things that I'm glad you mentioned that and talk about it because a lot of people that want to get into cybersecurity always think pen testing they want to be a hacker and and yeah that sounds like a fun job and it is fun but there's a lot of other stuff like threat intelligence threat hunting incident response a lot of other areas that are a lot of fun and and you know there's a lot of opportunities and i'd say in some of those cases there's probably more opportunities outside of just pen testing so and threat intelligence is one of the things really really starting to catch on a lot yeah, right. And um, so for me, you know, I uh, the first thing that came to mind when you said that was I remember asking my my college professor was asking me or um, I was asking after class one day, um, I walked up to him as my when I was pursuing my bachelor's degree and I, I and he was, you know, working for the uh, uh, military uh, contractor for the military and cybersecurity. And I asked him, uh, you know, hey, I don't really have a lot of experience other than my internship at San Antonio College. You think I could get a job as a security analyst or a penetration right away? And I told him I probably couldn't, right? I'd probably have to do some kind of, uh, 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 you know, like customer support, kind of supporting uh, technician support job first. And he said, no, you, you really don't. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, if you go for it, I think that you can definitely make it uh, with your drive and just with what you've told me now is you you should definitely shoot for that for that role right off the bat and just 
and uh, and I actually I followed his advice and it ended up coming true. That's good. Amazing. And that's good that yeah. you had a, a teacher like that that was supportive and, and gave you the right advice because there's too, so many people nowadays, and I run into this a lot, someone asked me, do I need to work on the help desk first? Do I have to work in a sock first? Do I have to you know, do all these other jobs? Do I have to be a sysadmin if I want to be a pen tester? You know, Those skills are helpful, but it doesn't mean you have to have a job in that area. And there's so much, and a lot of things changed over the years too. You'll get advice from older people that like myself, I didn't start out in security because when I got into, you know, working in the industry, I was a sysadmin and there weren't a lot of security roles at the time and something I really didn't hear about starting off. So, you know, uh, a lot of cases, people base their advice on their experience and they tell people, yeah, you have to do desktop support or help desk or all this stuff before you ever think about security. So that was great that you had someone that gave you good advice and didn't really slow down you know, your passion and desire to get into cybersecurity. Yeah, I'm very grateful for him. Made a big difference in my life. Oh, that's good. That's good. A lot of times, you know, just having someone, you know, sometimes uh, professors in the industry don't always have the, the professional background. And sometimes they just kind of have to base their experience off of, you know, what they've read in books or what they've heard. And, and not to say all professors are like that. Yours was an example of someone that had experience in the industry and could give you good advice. So that's, that's great that you had someone like that. And so uh, what other influences did you have that kind of, or, you know, really kind of, how did you end up in thread hunting? Was that your yeah. first choice or, you know, what was your, your plans originally? Yeah. So that's a good question. So, okay. Uh, the second thing that came to mind now is uh, I remember my first, my, my first, class in college literally my first class was um we're doing some COBOL programming and um and i remember you know halfway through the class or maybe the second class i looked up over at uh at my schoolmate next to me and he's on a on a website and uh that i've never seen before right and uh, it's called linkedin and i looked over at him and i was like what is well, you know what are you doing on what is this and he was like oh this is um you know, this is a, a, a platform kind of like Facebook, but but for um, for professionals where everybody kind of is there to help each other. And I said, oh, wow. Like, well, I love the sound of that. Everybody's there to help each other. And it's a, um, a social network. Fantastic. So I um, th that that was the, the one of the you know, he was like, hey, you should create a LinkedIn profile. And so I created a LinkedIn profile and uh, started following his advice a little bit and just adding to it a little bit, a little bit at a time. And, and it was like, it was a really, really good, fantastic advice because I connected with the people who now I'm employed by. And I ended up um, finding out about so many like security conferences, free certifications, discounted certifications. I ended up getting my CISA and my Pentest Plus from CompTIA for a hundred bucks altogether, because uh, I found this on uh, on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, that's great. So, as far as like what you know, as far as learning your job, do you have any good uh, resources or advice on someone that wants to get into threat intelligence? Yeah, so um, I would say like bug hunting. For me, it was like the biggest thing, uh, getting on uh, getting on HackerOne and and just having some, you know, having some real experience 
you know, out there in the wild, you know, finding vulnerabilities, uh, creating the reports. So for me, uh, we just recently, um, I, I got, I moved from security analyst to threat intelligence analyst. And it's a tongue twister still for, for me, that second part. But um, so in that sense, whenever I got experience as a, you know, as, as a bug hunter, I was able to learn these skills like make making reports and and finding vulnerabilities. And then as soon as I, I I got, you know, when I was getting interviewed first, I could say that. And then when I started doing the job, you know, it really came in, you know, because I write reports now. I find vulnerabilities and I write reports, you know, a lot more than that. But um, I'm able to do that now with with uh, and I have practice and I can make legible reports. And. And, and that's uh, that other people can read and and they don't have to struggle with reading. They can look at it and go, okay, this is the vulnerability. This is the uh, the impact. These are the references and uh, and these are the attachments. So it's very very easy to decipher. So uh, for me, the the biggest thing was uh, actually getting getting real world experience through finding vulnerabilities on on uh, HackerOne, on BugCrowd, on uh, Integrity and uh, and Inspective, of course. Our uh, uh, platform now. Yeah, I'll have to check that platform out. I've kind of taken a yep. look at some of the other ones, but I have to check that out. So one of the things a lot of times people really don't take in consideration or think about is the writing skills, those soft skills. So oh, like you were yeah. mentioning, getting the experience writing the reports for the mm -hmm. bug bounties was valuable experience. Yeah, very much so. And, um, you know, just another thing, Another thing that I've done that's really helped me is join Toastmasters on the side. It's non-technical skill. And uh, I go to Toastmasters once a week where I present to other people. And, and most of all, I learn, I, I learn how to listen because I'm not the best at listening, I've realized. Yeah. Um, and so it helps me to just be a good listener and a good communicator, uh, which is probably just the most important thing for me, uh, even in, you know, in this technical industry. That is some of the most cost-effective uh, professional development course you can take out there because I, I wanted to speak at conferences. And so like back in, I think it was like end of 2012 or no, it was like uh, end of 2012 or first of, no, I was actually in, I guess end of 2013, uh, they were doing the call for papers for the B-Sides DFW here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the person that was one of the co-hosts of this group that kind of managed that come up and said, yeah, we're looking for, for people to present, you know, you should, everyone should consider the best job I got in my career was speaking at conferences. And when I heard that, like the, like that week or the next week I went and found a Toastmasters group and started. So yeah, it's very helpful. I was terrified to speak publicly, yeah. but it helped a lot. Oh Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's kind of what drove me there. I wish I was in my uh, my first class in in uh, when I was pursuing my bachelor's degree, and I stood up in front of the class and I couldn't say anything. I froze, mm -hmm. you know. And I and I wanted to say so much. I wanted to, uh, and uh, so that day I went, you know, next week and I joined Toastmasters. So uh, completely agree with you. It's made a big difference. Yeah, that's great. And it's and one of the things for anyone listening, you definitely want to check it out because you may have said you may think I've had a speech class in college, but I had a speech class in college and it was really more of writing speeches than really being critiqued on the way you speak. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, Toastmasters, since you've got someone critiquing your, 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 your presentations as well as the impromptu speaking when people are, you know, buzzing you or whatever, when you say ums and different oh, yeah. filler words and it helps, <laughs> it really, it really makes you yeah. stick. And one, one of the things too, I bet you've probably noticed too, since going through Toastmasters, you really pay a lot more attention to other people speaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And another added benefit. Yeah, you definitely do. And another uh, added benefit was just, you know, giving people feedback, mm-hmm. uh, supportive feedback. You know, a lot of the times it's it's so hard when you try to, like, um, give feedback to somebody. Um, you, have to, you have to be tactical, right? Start with the goods, focus mm-hmm. on what they can improve and so on. And so you don't – so you, you're strategically, you know, saying what you want to say. And so in that sense, it also helps you to listen and uh, to provide valuable feedback to others who can use it to to better processes and everything yeah it's a very very good point there because it's and one of the things that the scene really helped me with toastmasters is and i don't know if you experienced this too but i was terrified to speak and then we used to videotape our our talks and when i gave a presentation and i realized i didn't look scared because people would tell me i'm really nervous well, I couldn't tell you where, and you really didn't know that until you saw yourself in video. You thought it's not so bad. So once I realized that people didn't see that I was terrified, that it made it easier to speak. I don't know if you experienced the same thing or not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we that was one of the things that helped me the most with giving presentations was uh, was you know taping myself and watching it later. Uh, and then on the uh, what I would do also is I would watch, I, w- I would sometimes turn off the audio and just watch my body language because you'd be surprised how much your body language speaks about you without you ever saying anything. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's funny. Some of the, some of the habits you have too. Yeah. sometimes, you know, I used to do this thing where I, if I, my shirt wasn't tucked in, I would hold on to the tail of my shirt just for some reason, just kind of a nervous thing. You just, it's funny when you yeah. do those things. So it's yeah, really, so- so really awesome yeah. that you you got your degree in certifications. So if you had it to do all over again, would you do anything different? Hmm. <laughs> so that is a good a good question. Although there are probably you know certain things that I could do more efficiently. I think First, I'd have to think about it, and then I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because it taught me so much. It taught me resilience. It taught me that staying up till two in the morning and studying for the for the test at eight thirty is uh, it, it. It's not the most pleasant thing, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. When uh, so, I don't think that I would necessarily change anything about it, but I would I would probably um, get more strategic. Uh, certifications and you know and I, I would probably make even more connections attend even more conferences just get involved more mm-hmm. uh, and, and I was already involved but I would I would just say more that's good you know one of the things that, that I don't like to see people get discouraged because you know there are people that get in to the industry without a degree or maybe even without certifications but I really hate that it gets downplayed sometimes because, you know, there's some benefits to a college education. So if you didn't have the connections 
you know, the people, you know, the people to talk to the resources to use, then how do you know, you don't have a direction. So how you, you it's up to you to figure out everything out on your own and you can, but sometimes you don't know if you're going down the wrong path. You could find some online course on YouTube or Udemy and it may not be good. And you really don't know that. And so at least with a college, you've got a structured learning format, some guidance on how to do things is put together, you know, in a good fashion to help you achieve those goals. And one of the things too, certifications is good, but one of the things I think that is great about a college is you sign up, you got, if you're doing a certification, you can pretty much schedule your certification anytime, but you were got a little more firm deadlines in the college because you got this paper or project you got to submit and you got to get it during this time in real world. You aren't you seeing the same thing? You've got a deadline, you've got to submit this. And it's, and so that's some of the things there's not as much flexibility there. And I think it kind of prepares you for the real world. Yeah, I, uh, definitely. Yeah. But it's, you know, time management, you know, um, having to juggle many things at once, which we're often have to do in, in the, in this industry, you know, several projects or, or whatever. And, uh, um, so I, you know, and I, I see the people, I, I see so many people that are getting in the industry without a college, uh, education and certifications. And I'm all for that. If yeah. you can do it, amen, like power to you. I would definitely never dog on that ever because the kudos, if you can do it without those things, you're incredible. You're very driven and, uh, you're going to go far. Yeah. Uh, but it just only helps, you know? Uh, and like you said, it taught me time management. I, uh, I, you know, I, I work, Actually, with some of the people that I went to college with now, I ended up getting my buddy in the uh, in our company as a threat intelligence analyst as well, which uh, which who I met, you know, like uh, three and a half years ago in, in college. And so those connections are just like it, they're priceless. And, and the good thing with those good relationships like that, it's, it's a lifetime because, you know, just kind of one of the things I can reflect on my career I've got a really good friend of mine that I met back in my CAD drafting days back in 95 and I helped him get his first pen testing job and we've been connected and, and some of those relationships last forever and you just don't or last a long time. I mean, you don't know when someone could be at another company and help get you in there or something you're making, you're ready to make a move or you need a job. Then having those connections make it a lot easier than have to go through and apply online for all these jobs. When you got someone can refer you, it's a lot easier to get in oh, yeah. than not having that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if, if my friend would have applied for this job through just a, uh, a regular means, you know, just sending us an email, then th there's, you know, thousands of however many, you know, hundreds of applications to go through. Um, but whenever I was able to, you know, tell my manager, Hey, where, uh, this is my, my, you know, my friend from college, I've done security, uh, conferences with him we've actually done pen testing at my house and he's a he's a guy i can vouch for you know he's he's really smart and he's going to do great here in my opinion and so right away you know set him up in an interview in, in two days and get him in you know within a month which is incredible to me that uh and that i have him and he's so talented now and he's helping grow the company and uh we're taking off it's it's, it's uh it's awesome that's good. You know, one of the things about referrals when you're applying for these different companies, their online software that they use, you don't know what algorithm is going to look for what keywords. You could be perfectly suited for the job because one of my jobs, I went to work for U.S. Bank 
Uh, and prior to that, probably about a year before that, I applied for a job at Bank of America and perfectly qualified, had the certifications, everything they're looking for, the experience. Didn't hear from them until about a year later. And I'd went the normal way of applying. If I'd had a reference, then someone could have got my my resume to the hiring manager because, you know, these hiring managers and HR have to sort, sort through all these resumes and online applications. And, you know, you're going to need a reference to begin with. And when you internally refer someone, you know, they already know it's someone that has a reference, someone knows them. And, and that's a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, a big help there, you know, you know, plus yeah. You to go. yeah. So it's a huge help. And it's good that you have learned that early on because a lot of people yeah. are in this field for years before they really catch on to that. And it makes things a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just to get those, those people that need to see the application, just to get them to see it. You know, that's, And so, so through our discussions and stuff, I know you you have a, a place in your heart for helping others and mentor others. So what are yeah. some things you like to do? What are some of the activities you do to try to help out others? I know you referred, you know, one of yeah. your classmates and friends, but what are some other things that yeah. you do to, to help out? Yeah, definitely. So I, I like to basically, um, this is what I focus on every day. You know, how, how can I um, how can I contribute to those around me? How can I add value to the people around me? So I found that whenever I focus on that throughout the day, no matter how I distracted I get, um, I try to bring myself to my purpose. And that's um, um, a, a huge part of my purpose is contributing to others. So I, I found that when I and focused on that continually, the opportunities to help people like reveal themselves much more easier than than if I was not keeping that in my focus and my intention on that. So what I like to do is, for instance, when I go give a speech, when I do Toastmasters, I like to not go to Toastmasters to give a speech asking the question, uh, what are they going to think of me? But I like to ask the question, like, how am I adding value to these people's lives? Like, why do they want to be listening to me? So it takes the focus from me and I'm actually adding value to the people's lives now. And, and, um, and I can enrich their lives. I can help them become better listeners and better speakers by observing me speak. And when I focus on that, my message becomes much deeper. It becomes much more powerful, uh, powerful, much more intentional. I am not obsessed with how I look, which what makes me nervous, very nervous. And I can't really be myself when I'm so focused on myself. And so I like to do that. And, and in many different um, situations. So another thing that I do is I do, uh, uh, for the past two years, I've been doing some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it's helped me so much to... to uh, have something different that I'm doing because I'm so into tech. I love tech and I love growing and I love bettering my skills. And, and I love that. But if I only do that, I've found that I cannot really be productive at it. So I, I do that and I go hard at it. And then I go do some jujitsu. And then in jujitsu, I can also help people uh, learn and get better by learning to breathe, by learning to handle difficult situations by learning to uh, 
to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, which is a hard task, but it is possible. And so in that sense, whenever I go to jujitsu, I always ask myself, I forget sometimes, but I always try to you know, remind myself and ask myself, how am I helping those people around me? It's so easy to focus on myself and how I'm progressing. But uh, I'm always trying to, I, I try to just stay mindful of that. Just stay focused on it. At least I'm aware of it. I can, I can help one person to become better at self-defense. They can, uh, the most important thing for me is learn how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. So speaking in front of crowds, meeting with the CEO for that interview or whatever it is uh, that is, you know, uh, being there, you know, and uh, staying focused on how I'm contributing it has made a huge difference in my life. And so those are just a couple of examples there. But I mean, I could talk about this all, all yeah. night long because <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm very passionate about, you know, uh, adding value to people's lives and contributing. It's, yeah, and just for the people listening too, that was one of the things, one of the reasons Peter wanted to come on the show is he likes to help people. And that's a good thing. It's really great to see because, you know, in this day and age, not everyone thinks about others. They focus too much on themselves. And it just mm -hmm. seems just the, you know, you think about the successes you gain on your own, but, you know, you can multiply that whenever you're helping others and just the way it makes you feel. And kind of for me, that really started. I really started realizing that when I started teaching back in 2018, started doing a lot more mentoring and stuff. And, you know, you always hear it's better to give than receive. And you really don't realize that until you're doing that, you're helping other people. And sometimes you just don't realize what the most thing that you think is so minor is such a big deal to someone else. Yeah, that's incredible what you're doing. And I, you've been involved I've been following you for so long and I uh, feel very honored to be on this uh, podcast with you because I, uh, you know, I, I really look up very highly to you. And I, I think you just I'm, I'm so grateful to have people like you in our community. Well, it's uh, you know, really grateful to have people like yourself. You're just carrying on the mission and, and that's good. We have to pass it on, you know, pass it on because, you know, we there's such a skills gap. And then just the days, the times that we live in, people need the support. You know, sometimes, you know, with the pandemic, it's really has been tough mental health wise on people. You know, there's just times we, mm -hmm. the split and divide in the country over different political subjects and it's that there's so much of that. And we all just really need support. Just a lot of cases, just someone to listen to us. And one of the things I'm sure you're going to find too, is you're, you're going through, you're helping someone with jujitsu. You're helping someone try to get into the industry. You're helping someone at a conference. And then sometimes there's just a case that someone just needs someone to listen to them, you know, and, and it's funny, you do all these other things to learn these highly skilled uh, careers and different type of physical things like you're doing all this effort to do that when it boils down to sometimes just listening doesn't take anything but just listening and being compassionate, you know. Yeah, you're so you're you're 100 percent right. And I will I will for sure I will tell you that whenever I would go to these security conferences and I would feel so out of place. And I would feel so uncomfortable, um, you know, just so nervous. And I feel like a total imposter there with these guys with real jobs and me just like, who am I? <laughs> you know, and, and I, uh, I remember being very nervous and anxious there at those places. And I remember those people that uh, were so genuine and so uh, warm and inviting to me. And they would ask me just, how are you doing? 
Do you need some help? And uh, would, would just have a conversation with me and lead me in the right direction. And I like, I will never forget those, those people. And I always look for them at the conferences now and like yeah. go up to them and say, thank you for like, just being there for me when, when it was much, much, much harder for me, you know? And uh, so I try to think about passing it on and how I'm doing that. And that's one of the good things about the culture of conferences and stuff. Cause at first you may just feel like an outsider, but once you get to know people, it's like you found your people, you know, it's like all this thing, yeah. all this stuff through life from high school and stuff that there's a certain group I fit in with or whatever, but you just, once all of a sudden you get, you find the community, it's like you kind of find your people and just kind of where you fit at in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You found, you find uh, like uh, your tribe. Yeah, exactly. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. So we're getting down towards the end of the show and uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to share something maybe we, you didn't discuss during our conversation or any kind of shout outs that you'd like to give. Mm -hmm. Well, so yeah, well, I would like for, uh, you know, anybody listening to first check out Inspective. We have an awesome platform. I have to say uh, we're four years old. We're always hiring. We are growing. We're based out of El Segundo, California, and we are a, uh, we are a awesome security solution for fast growing companies. So you can, we're basically a turnkey solution where you just turn the key and then you see results. Uh, and uh, what we do is contrary to other uh, bug bounty uh, platforms, what we do is we take the researcher interaction out of it. So yeah, um, so we, we, like to instead of you going through the researcher we interact with the researcher for you and so in that sense it just makes things so much easier so the company doesn't have to figure out triage reports we just it's company to company and you you, you get real uh, reports so uh anyway uh just a little bit about who i work for there are uh, we're, we're an amazing company i'm very grateful to uh, work for inspective and i would just say like I, I never thought that I would have such an amazing opportunity come to my, basically just present itself to me. But uh, I would say that all of those times where I was, you know, staying up studying and all of those times where I was stepping out of the comfort zone to go to security conferences, because I knew that I would be uncomfortable there, you know, but I would make myself go anyway. And I would, and then I would actually connect with somebody there and it would, it would first, it would be all worthwhile. I would, I would relax a little bit. I would make, I would make connections and uh, and that helped me out like super tremendously. Uh, and uh, another thing that really uh, helped me out personally is not trying to necessarily, um, you know, like make my, for instance, like my LinkedIn profile. I, I would always look at everybody's LinkedIn profile and try to like, you know, learn a few things from their profiles. But what I found that worked for me is customizing mine to stand out, you know, and to, to um, really show, uh, show the companies that are looking at it and other people that are looking at it is that I'm there to like, not only what I can get out of this, but I literally like my purpose there is to contribute and to, to grow and to thrive in, uh, you know, in, in challenging situations. And, uh, and I do, and, and I, and I love that, that, 
I was able to put that there because I personally feel that had a huge, um, it had a huge impact on the way that um, employers look at my profile. And not only that, and uh, just the, the, the way that it is, I feel it made a huge difference for me. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's great advice. You're, you're wise beyond your years. And that's, and I really like what all you're doing, your mission and, and great to see you being involved in the community. That's awesome. And just for the people listening to just, you know, you mentioned bug bounty and that's kind of how, you know, I used to be a bug crowd ambassador. And part of the reason I got involved was I told people that if you want to get experience in the industry, do bug bounties because you're practicing in real live production environments vulnerable VMs or purposely vulnerable apps are good to practice in, but a lot of times employers want actual experience. And so when you get the actual experience, it helps. And back in 2020, I was looking for a pen testing role and the hiring manager of this pen testing company told me that, you know, it was a lot easier to find web app pen testers because of bug bounty, because people got the opportunity to get the experience. There's really not that kind of opportunity for network pen testing in some of the other areas of pen testing. Yeah, that's so. That's a that's a very good point. I just feel like that was the one of the biggest contributors to me is to, into my, to my growth and getting this uh, this amazing opportunity is just having that experience, you know, finding. And then once you know, a lot of the times you also have the opportunity to go past the web application and into the network and then uh, scale things up as well. So yeah, <laughs> so you you can you you know uh, there's a lot more than just web app pen testing with web app pen testing. You can go deeper, and uh, it's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to do this podcast episode. I appreciate your time. Thanks. Absolutely, Philip. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope that, uh, you know, uh, I hope that I can connect with some of your listeners. Pre- please reach out to me on LinkedIn. P-E-T-A-R Lashkov. Spelled with an A. And we'll be sharing Peter's LinkedIn profile on, on the show notes. So it'd be easy for you to find him. So thanks again, Peter. And thanks everyone for joining. Thank you, guys. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. 